You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today is the last installment of our series on 10. Did you learn a lot of things for the past few weeks? I'm glad to hear that. We are in the last installment of our series entitled 10. The perfect law is met by the perfect love of God. And this uh, picture that we have here is God loving His Jewish people. And because He loves His uh, people, He wants to provide His commandments to prevent them from missing out or deviating from the purposes of God. And if you have a relationship with someone, the way to protect that relationship is to create what? Boundaries and parameters in order for you to uh, really uphold the relationship and enjoy the relationship that you have with a person. And I realize that we have a similar picture when it comes to our relationship with God. And for some of us here, probably you're acquainted in a culture wherein what you adhere and believe with the commandments that uh, the Lord has provided was just for you to comply without thinking through the background, the story behind that God provided the commandments because of His covenant and His relationship with His people. Thus, you follow the covenant of God not because of fear but because of love. And this is the reason why we're studying these uh, commandments because we know that we don't have what it takes to fulfill the commandments of God. We are bound to fail and thus there is only one person who has what it takes to fulfill the commandments of God. And because He is righteous and He is able, He came not to abolish the law but to what fulfill the commandments of God. And because of what He did, we are forever grateful with Him. And of course, there is no other one than the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the reason why my relationship with God is a byproduct of me following the commandments of God. It is not me following the commandments of God to gain the approval of God. I've been approved and acknowledged by Christ. Thus, I can help but fulfill the commandments of God. The commandments of God are perfect. Too perfect that we don't have what it takes to fulfill the commandments of God. And because of that, just like what I mentioned, Christ compensated and paid for the penalty of sins because left of our own devices, we have uh, really not fulfilled the commandments. Thus, we are all guilty in this room. And a lot of you here probably can relate with me that indeed we tried our best, but we are uh, really uh, a failure. This is why the tendency is for us to keep on following the commandments and finding ways in order for us to satisfy the commandments. But if you do understand that the commandments of God are what provided to be our mirror that will reveal really uh, how depraved and sinful we are. And thus, I am forever thankful that Christ fulfilled the commandments. And because of that, my relationship with God is not based on how good I am. It is because of what Jesus did on the cross. The commandments is in fact anchored in a relationship and a covenant that we have with Christ. And I don't know if you're familiar as we look back roughly about 10 weeks ago in the book of Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 to 2, God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And before the commandments was given, God was simply saying, I am your God. Isn't it amazing? That before God would want to ask and task His people to obey and follow my commandments, He wants to remind them that we have a relationship. 
And the reason why you can fulfill my commandments, the reason why you can listen to my instructions, because it is anchored in my relationship with you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in a relationship, you know what I'm talking about, that you cannot require the other person. For example, my wife, I can't require my wife to what? To submit to me and coerce her and tell her, I'm the man of the hour and I'm the head and you're the neck that turns the head. You have to submit to me. It is always from the post of relationship. In order for me to convince my kids, I would always capitalize and invest time and uh, moments with them in order for them to understand that more than just my requirements and what I'm asking from them, I love them. And for the past 11 years of being married, it has been something that I'm thankful for the Lord because I know that my approach to my wife and my children is uh, from the posture of how God went about relating with me. And because my relationship with God is intact, it will also influence my relationship with my wife and my children and the people around me. So at the end of the day, if your relationship with God is intact, everything will just fall on the right places, though it's not perfect. This is not going to be a perfect life. And this is why God would want to remind His people because the commandments serve a lot of purpose. One is to what? To show us that we don't have what it takes. And if you take a closer look, there is such thing in the Bible as numerology. And seven is what? Is the number of God. Eight is uh, a new beginning. Ten is what? It is a type of test. So if you take a closer look, all the numbers... Okay, in the Bible that says it's 10, just like the Ten Commandments, is a test towards really how we would respond if we have what it takes. And we know that because of what the Ten Commandments has done, we just don't have what it takes. And thus, because we're sinful, really, we don't have the strength and the ability to fulfill all of this. This is why I realized that God gave the instruction because He realized that all of us has the propensity, meron po tayong possibility and tendencies that left to our own strength, ability, and devices, we will not worship God. I mean, all of us in this room, if there are no consequences, most of us would lean towards what is wrong than to do what is right. Am I correct? Gagawa po tayo ng kasalanan if there are no consequences, but because we know that we are changed and we have accepted Christ in our lives, we know we have the power to say no to sin. And I realize that all of our sins is uh, what? Are motivated by something deeper than our sin. That's what we have discussed about a week ago, that we sin because there is a motivation. There is something that pushes us to, to commit a sin. And just like what we've talked about a week ago, at the root of sin is an idol. And a lot of you here, you know what I'm talking about. That a lot of people, the reason why you are what? You, you steal based on the commandments that we've talked about because you, you lack generosity. And the reason why a lot of people would kill because they can't really what? Overcome anger. All of these things that we commit and the act that we commit has a lot to do with the idols that will cause us to do what we want to do. And this is why our goal is not to address the sin, but to address the root cause of this. Isn't that amazing? And that is what the Word of God teaches us. Uh, the root of all of this is an idol. And thus, it is important that all of this should be recognized. An idol is what consumes you in your solitude. And some of us here, probably you're saying that I 
uh, just can't help but uh, really think of these things and fantasize over things. Anything that absorbs your whole being is an idol. An idol is not just an erected image that you worship and you bow down to. It is something that catches your attention, consumes you. If you're here right now, there is nothing wrong of daydreaming. But every single day, if you're daydreaming, there is something wrong. Some of you here, just like my illustration about a week ago, can you live each day and live every single day without a cell phone? Some of you probably won't survive a day, won't last a day without your iPhone. Why? Because whether you like it or not, I am not saying that you are a worshiper of Apple. Okay? But at the end of the day, anything that defines your life, that gets your attention, that causes you to really uh, be irritated, is something that you worship. So therefore, if you are in this gathering right now, of course you are, and you're present here, you do understand that more than just the images that we worship, there is something that really gets your attention. And these are the things that we have to address because if not addressed, we will worship these things to the God of the universe. This is why the story of the Ten Commandments is God liberating His people so that they can worship God. And today, our topic, and for the past few weeks, we've been discussing on worship. That if you worship God, you will devote your whole being just for the glory of God. And if you worship the things that you own, the things that you possess most of the time, you, you, you invest so much energy towards pursuing these things. The true God of your heart is what your thoughts go to when there is nothing else demanding your attention. What do you enjoy daydreaming about? So the commandments of God are given to protect His people from entertaining idols. This is the reason why. So if you uh, have observed for the past few weeks that all of the commands of God has a lot to do okay, with God's warning that if you don't worship me, there is a tendency for you to worship other things. That's who we are. Try not attending church for two weeks. You will worship other things. On your way to church, you're consumed of um, your what? Your Facebook shout-outs. Ilan na like and I'm not saying that, that that is something that you bow down to and you worship, but that can be a God because you're full of insecurities. You want people to like your comments and your shout-outs and you're defined by what people have to say more than just what God has to say that you're created in the image and likeness of God and you're beautiful. And we live in a world we're in. We want people's attention. And whether we like it or not, at the end of the day, we feel like that people can... Give us what only God can give. And a lot of people can give you the affirmation, but it will not last. It will not serve the very purpose uh, that God has created on how you would need to be affirmed. This is why for the past nine weeks, we will summarize today what we've been discussing. The first commandment is that we need to have and we need only to worship one God. And the God that we serve, the God we worship is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the reason why I did summarize this so that we can take a closer look and be reminded and be refreshed that this is the very heart of why the commandments are given. And the commandments are given that God has instructed that we need to have only one God, that there is no substitute. Because the tendency for all of us here is that if we want a short-lived entertainment, yung panandali ang kasayahan, maghahanap tayo ng ibang paraan. 
But I'm telling you right now, the things that are and will give us temporary joy will eventually hurt us. And part of that commandment is, or the commandments of God, is that we honor God, that we don't use the name of God in vain, that we honor Him in everything that we do, that we just don't use the name of God hastily, but we're using the name of God appropriately. Part of that is that if we have a relationship with God, is that we enjoy the day of rest. I hope every week you have a day of rest. Why? The day of rest will teach you to trust God. Because God is in control. God is on top of everything. You can say, God, I will pause and rest. But not every single day. You don't call it rest. You call it laziness. You have to work. And all the commands right here pertains to our what? Our vertical relationship with God. If you're okay vertically in your relationship with God, the six commandments will be what? Will be the byproduct of your relationship with God. The reason why you would want to honor your father and your mother, and you would want to honor and put importance in your family. Because you know that you're not doing this for your parents alone, you're doing this for the glory of God. And if you take a closer look at the commandments of God, this is not just what? God's uh, protection for His people. In fact, the people of God are on their way to becoming a great nation. Remember the, the promise of God that they will be a great nation then, and they will be a blessing. Am I correct? And if you take a closer look, in order for them to be a great nation, the instruction of God is that you honor your parents. Because if you can fix anything in your family, you can fix, you can fix anything at all. You can fix, okay, whatever comes after this. The commandments of God has a reason why God wants it this way. Because this is for His people. And amazingly, everything that the Lord has instructed, it is always for our own benefit. No, <laughs> ask yourself this question. Is there anything that God has instructed in His Word? that pertains to serve His agenda. Is there any instruction in the Bible that serves the agenda of God? Or most of the instructions of the Lord uh, is uh, really are intended to serve our agenda. But because we just don't want to adhere to what God wants, we want our way into what we want, we get into trouble. But everything that God has stipulated in His Word and all the commandments and the things that has instructed, that God has instructed, it is always for our own advantage. How many of you here are thankful that everything that the Lord wrote in His Word was for your own benefit? That's the God that we serve. Why would God would want you to benefit from whatever He has instructed? Because first and foremost, more than the commandments of God, more than the instructions of the Lord, that you have a relationship with God, you have a God who will keep His covenant. Amen. That though we are faithless, God will remain faithful. Isn't that amazing? That's the relationship that we have with God. Saan kapa? That though you are unrighteous, God will what? Be stable and will walk in righteousness. That though things may change, God will not change. That though we change, we have an unchanging God. Isn't that amazing? This is why we can value life. Because life is created in the image and likeness of God. The reason why we adhere to sanity of measure, we will not commit any form of adultery because we want to walk in purity. Because we treat the opposite sex or people of the same sex with value. They're not just sexual objects. Thus, we value marriage and a relationship with the opposite sex. We would not steal from people because we value people's property. Because people are created in the image and likeness of God. The reason why we, we tell the truth. Because more than just not lying, is that again, we want to be honest because at the end of the day, we are interfacing with people that are created in the image of God. And today we will talk about contentment. And I like this topic because more than just this is the last commandment, it is something that you can't even distinguish 
if a person is living in sin or not at all because this is a heart issue. It's like generosity. That more than just this uh, generosity is a money issue, it is always a heart issue. And the reason why people give and they're generous is not because they have a lot of money. Because their hearts and the hearts of people are centered on God. This is why in Exodus chapter 20 verse 17, if you have your Bibles right now, it says right here, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Don't covet. And how do you covet? It begins in the heart. And this is very, very, very tricky. That you don't have to commit the crime and yet you sin against God. And it is something that we have to be watchful of because all the sins that we commit comes from the heart. Above all else, guard your heart for it is deceiving. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Let's dedicate this moment to God as we end. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this opportunity that in the coming uh, minutes, Lord God, as we talk about what you would want to communicate to us, I pray that you'll continue to open our hearts and eyes. That more than just the desire to change it, you will give us the motivation to trust you and believe that you're in control of our situations. Thank you for your grace at this very moment, that your spirit is invited. And I ask that you continue, Lord God, to work on the hearts of each and every person for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I like this passage because really it addresses really the condition of our hearts. That more than just uh, the act of sin, that this commandment is moving from the action towards really the attitude of the heart. That more than just really uh, our, our, our actions, that the motivations of why we're doing what we're doing is addressed right here. And a lot of people might find us good, nice, and angelic. And I've met a lot of people that looks really like a Christian, right? And I've met a lot of people that are very angelic and I just can't help but uh, give them the praise and the honor that they deserve. But I don't know and I can't really determine what's happening in their hearts. But God knows. So God is not just interested with the action but the motivation behind the action. And the story is about the Israelites that they've been uh, slaves for 430 years in Egypt. They have no property for hundreds of years because they are uh, really uh, serving their Egyptian masters. Now they're no longer slaves. They've been liberated by God. Now I want you right now to really imagine with me if a person has been li liberated from slavery, that he has the right to own a property. What do you think will happen? Some, given the opportunity to get rich, some of them will will spend so much because for the first time, I have the opportunity and the upper hand to desire uh, and, and, and buy what I want. And this is similarly what's happening right here. So God has instructed them, yes, you are liberated, you are free, but be cautious because most of the blessings and most of really uh, my, my counseling sessions with people is that when they're blessed, they get into a lot of trouble. So the message right here is that I am instructing even people in this church that would seek my counsel to be very cautious of the things that you have and how blessed you are because there is a possibility for you to what? To, de to deviate from God's plan. Therefore, the blessings of the Lord, though they're from God, it has the possibility to hurt us. Not because God intended it to be so, because we are not prepared and we have not anticipated that this is where God is 
leading us. So we have to prepare our hearts because more than anything else, okay, our hearts should be subjected under the Lordship of Christ. The instruction right here is that you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant. Not just covet, but covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. It has been repeated twice because God wants to put an emphasis that it is detrimental that you don't arrest really your greed and the spirit of entitlement in your heart. And some of us here, this is at times our portion we're guilty of that if I hand my life over to God, binigay ko na yung puso ko sa Panginoon, Lord, you're required to bless me. I attended church, therefore God, you promote me in my job. Lord, I'm attending a Bible study or a victory group, I'm singing here, can you just give me the love of my life? By the end of the day, you're not, you don't really understand your relationship with God. In fact, if you have already reached the peak of that relationship, and of course we don't have a lifetime, eventually perfect our relationship with God, but if you do understand that your relationship with God is not based on what He provides, that it's not based on what His blessing us. And a lot of relationships are like that. That if you can provide for what I want and vice versa, yung mga hinihingi ko, kaya mong ibigay, therefore we are in a relationship. That's not the kind of relationship that God has with us. In the book of Deuteronomy, in uh, chapter 20, verse 17, that it says right here, similar to the passage that we have read, you shall not covet, which means from the amplified version, that you should not desire and seek to acquire. The, the, the Hebrew word for uh, the word kovet is kamad, which means to greatly uh, desire something beautiful, delightful, and precious or delectable. Now, I've been asking myself, what's wrong with what? With wanting something. What's wrong with desiring something? What's wrong of longing for a new car, for a house? What's wrong for really uh, desiring something that you know it can make you happy. There is nothing wrong with desire, but a misplaced desire is detrimental to us. A desire that replaces our joy, happiness, fulfillment, and satisfaction that only God can give. Remember this. A desire is a good thing. But a good thing without God will eventually be a bad thing. Because if God is not part of the formula, most of the time the focus is inward. What do I need? What do I want? And what do I deserve? How many of you here are guilty? That most of the time you're so consumed that you have the right. If you take a closer look, you have more than enough that when you die tonight, you're going to heaven. That's more than what God has to offer. But God is overwhelming that more than just the salvation that He can bless you with, He wants to provide for you. Isn't that amazing? God's desire is to bless you. But I hope that the definition of a relationship with God is not based on what He provides and what you want from Him. Do you understand? Because God is not an ATM machine that you only approach God if you need something from God. The reason why you love God and He loves you in return because you are in a relationship with Him. Coveting is always behind every sin. And if you take a closer look in the book of Genesis, right here, chapter 3, verse 6, I don't know if you're familiar of the story of uh, Adam and Eve. When Eve, the woman, saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining 
She took some of uh, and ate it. She also gave some to her who was with her and he ate it. First she saw. And there's nothing wrong with that. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, we have opportunity to see the temptation. But we can what? We can take a walk and leave it. Covetousness came to Eve when she was tempted by the serpent. The serpent tempted Eve with something that is pleasing to the eyes and desirable for gaining wisdom. Which pushed her and Adam to take the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and eat it. And this is where it all uh, started. Adam and Eve's disobedience plunged the whole mankind into sin and death. And this is why we struggle before we came to know the Lord. I know there's a struggle now. But because of what Adam and Eve did, it paved the way for us to be enslaved to sin. This is why from the day that you were born in this planet, you've been sinning and you can't really liberate yourself because, again, we're enslaved to sin because of the decision and what Adam and Eve did. So at the heart of this, when Eve saw the fruit, she started wanting the fruit. And I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of fruits in the garden. This is why all of the sins that we have done in the past started with what? With a desire. There's nothing wrong with a desire, but at the end of the day, when it is not under the Lordship of Christ, we will get into trouble, guaranteed. So covetousness is idolatry. Because it is covetousness that causes you to do the things that displeases God. A lot of us, we often sanitize. Alam niyang sanitize? Or we religiously say that this is just like my goals, my dreams. These are my longings. Gusto ko namang sumaya. Pastor, kahit minsan man lang. But at the end of the day, at the heart of this, is a craving where God is nowhere to be found. There is nothing wrong with our dreams and our hopes and our aspirations. My question with all of us here, where is God in all of this? I don't know if you're familiar with people saying, make God number one in your life. That's partly true. But my question with you right now, is he number one or is he part of your number two or number three and all your priorities? Because we can put God at the very top of the list, but when you go out of this room and you go to your offices and you engage with your wife and you talk to your children, is God still part of it? Ladies and gentlemen, if God is nowhere to be found in all of our pursuits, all of this will always be centered on what we think and what we want. Pag wala po yung Panginoon sa mga, sa mga adikain natin and what we want to pursue in life, sa mga layunin natin, eventually all of this will fall apart. Because without God, most of the time we will focus on what we deserve. So at the end of the day, the root of all of this is what? is that we lack the contentment. That there is an idol of covetousness in our hearts that we would always would want to patronize. So at the end of the day, when you struggle with contentment, most of the time, you look for things that can satisfy your soul. You look for things that can make you happy. But I guarantee, without God in the picture, your happiness will be temporary. You know that, that when you entered in that relationship and you know God is not for that relationship, you're happy in your first week. The following weeks, I don't know. You're not just sad, you're depressed. Because you know in your heart you start with no God, you will end with no God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to invite you 
that every time that you make a decision, include God in the picture. Because if you know that God is for it every step of the way, you know God. I don't know if I'm headed towards the right direction, but you told me that this is our journey. I will make the step of faith because I know that from the very beginning, you're part of this. It gives you the confidence and the security to move forward and never give up because you know it's from God and He's the author and perfecter of your life. Amen. Can we give God the glory for that? So in Mark chapter 7, verse 21, For from within, out of the heart of men, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. This is why the word covet, okay, or you shall not covet, is not an act. It is the very idol of our hearts. It comes from the heart. So if you have that struggle in your heart, you need to understand that you cannot arrest your idol of covetousness by just closing your eyes and meditating because that will not do the trick. Ladies and gentlemen, if you struggle with contentment, the antidote to this is that first and foremost, you don't have to raise your hand and ask yourself with this question, are you contented in your relationship with God? Are you satisfied with your relationship with God? Because if you're not satisfied with your relationship with God, you will never be satisfied in any pursuits of life. Some of you here, you think that finding the right one or finding your wife or finding your future mate will give you happiness. If your relationship with God is intact, and once you find the right one, instead of answering your question towards loneliness and finding the right one, will never be addressed when first and foremost, your relationship with God is not intact. All of these things will make it worse if your relationship with the Lord is not in great shape. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing in this world that can make you happy other than having God in our lives. One of the stories right here that uh, I know most of you are familiar of is in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 2 to 4. One evening, bakit palaging gabi, no? Pag gumagawa ng kasalanan. Pwede namang one morning, okay? One evening, David got up from his bed and walked. Let me summarize. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. From the roof. The woman was very ugly. She's beautiful. Okay? If the woman is ugly, you don't have to tell David not to look. There is this okay, evil spirit that will tell you to not look. Okay? You saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. Verse 3, But Sheba, the daughter of Iliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David, after staring at her and men and women, this is where you need to decide. That when you see something, just leave. Because the more you linger, the, the decision will be in verse 4. Then David sent messengers to get her. And she came to him and he slept with her. It started with just coveting someone. And because of that, David's first instinct was to what? To cover up the whole affair. That is what covetousness will do to you. That it will teach you to lie, to cover up 
sin after another. He arranged for her husband Uriah to be killed in battle. In other words, the king resorted to murder to cover up his adultery. Covetousness, though it's hidden in her heart, will have a result of adultery that will lead to murder. And for some of you here, you would never go that far that you will commit adultery and murder. But I'm telling you right now, it started with a desire. So we have to be watchful with our desires. Yes, there's nothing wrong with the desires. But if our desires are not under the parameters of uh, God's Word, eventually, okay, our desires will serve us than serve God. We exist to serve God and give Him the glory. So I do pray that all of our decisions should always be under what God wants more than what we want. The problem is that what we want because we think it will make us happy. Remember this. God knows what will make you happy. God knows who will make you happy. God knows how to make you happy. Because after all, you did not create yourself. It was God who created you. First John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world... The desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. It begins with what? With your flesh. And the enemy will always give you the opportunity. I'm telling you right now, the enemy doesn't know what's running in our thoughts, but he will always advertise something that might displace us from the perfect will of God. The same thing that took place in the Garden of Eden. Over and over again, remember this, that the devil has a master's degree in temptation <laughs> and has a doctorate degree. He knows what he is up to. And it has not changed since the Garden of Eden that he will always give you a picture that it looks good. But remember this, that uh, and what he has to offer is temporary. And before you know it, it is just a, an advertisement to get your attention. And before you know it, you're paying more than what you want from Him. This is why at the root of every temptation is a heart that is not fully devoted to God. A heart that is not contended with what the Lord has blessed us with. And the result of that is that we live in sin. This is why when you covet the possibility is that you desire what your neighbor has. This is why it's written right here that you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. The reason why the, the commandment is pertaining to a neighbor, because remember that they're building the nation of Israel. That you have to look after one another, that you have to be a blessing to your neighbor. So the first illustration is that first and foremost is that you take care of your neighbor. Don't take advantage of your neighbor. A what? A, a heart that is full of greed is a, a heart that will always look after what's in it for him and what he can gain from his neighbor. This is why at the end of the day, if you are contented with Christ, most of the time your focus is how you can give more than what you can uh, get. J.R. Packer, a famous author, said, The contentment that the Tenth Commandment prescribes is supreme safeguard against temptations to break the commandments from five to nine. If you're contented, it is impossible for you to break commandment number five, six, seven, eight, and nine. 
Because when you're contented, you're focused and you're consumed with your relationship with God and you're satisfied that you have Christ in your life. When you break the tenth, you have broken the first. Because the first commandment says, me first more than anything else. If you have God more than anything else, you will not look for anything that will give you approval and acknowledgement. You're so secured that you won't covet anything because you're satisfied with your relationship with God. I don't know if you're familiar with my story about a week ago. If you've been around, that I was invited into a party. On my way home, my wife reminded me that she prepared a dinner. What should be my decision? Of course, to eat the dinner, whether I like it or not. <laughs> she is a good cook, but I'm telling you right now, if I don't eat this, you don't have any idea <laughs> of what World War Three is. Do you understand? Bibiru lang po. My wife is kind and she's loving, but at the end of the day, because I love her, I want to eat it. I'm so full. And it's the same thing when it comes to being filled by God. That when you're full of God's acknowledgement and affirmation, and the joy that you have is derived from having that relationship with God, you won't look for anything else. I know we have needs. I know we have financial concerns. But at the end of the day, needs will never, be, will never end. But when you have Christ, you're stable and secure that we have needs. And yet, Lord, I'm not fighting this battle alone. You have me by my side, and you will not leave me nor forsake me. Amen. Amen. The Tenth Commandment warns against allowing the heart to covet anything that is your neighbor's. Coveting may cause a person to murder, just like David, steal or lie in order to obtain the desired thing. Just like King David, he went out of his way and he has the capacity to kill and commit adultery because of just one look. So be very cautious of your stare and your look. Do you understand that? I mean, I love beautiful cars. And... I would always stare and desire. I mean, there's nothing wrong, but I realize it is just a desire or I'm not just satisfied with what the Lord has blessed me with. And most of the time, I'm not satisfied. So I repented of my sin as well. That most of the time, we categorize and we sanitize our longings and our desires. But if you check your heart, you know you're not satisfied. The reason why you're not satisfied with what the Lord has provided, because you're not satisfied with Christ. Because whatever the Lord has blessed us with is an extension of who He is. So if you're satisfied with what He has blessed you with, and you know you're satisfied with your relationship with Him, everything that He blesses you with is something that will make you happy. Because you know that first and foremost, things won't make me happy. What makes me happy is that I have a relationship with God. For some of you, you might not understand this, but until I came to my senses, accepted the Lord in my heart, I realized that I can't even explain why I'm so satisfied. Growing up, my father has been so generous to the max. I mean, I've tried almost everything. I, I got my, my, my driver's license at an early age. I've, but you know what? Without Christ, all these are temporary, and you know that. Yung kasiyahan po natin panandalian lang, because we know that we're created to have a relationship with God. And our joy and happiness are only guaranteed in Christ. This is why, this is why Christ has reminded us in the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 15, then He said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Because these things that we buy and we acquire will not make us happy. Now ask yourself this question I've been asking myself over and over again with this question. How much is enough? You know, roughly about 
11 years ago, somebody asked me, how much do I need to plant a church in my city? I came from Bacolod. How many of you here, you're from that area? Or from the Visayan area? Ah, kayong Bacolod. And I came from Bacolod. And I, I, I was about to plant a church. Somebody asked me, how much do I need to start a church? And of course, okay, I have a figure in my mind. And I want to be honest, and I told the person, I need a million. Because if I have a million, I think I can, I can start the church. Without botting an eyelash, this person gave me a million. Right then and there. And I wasn't happy. For the very reason that another pastor from the same Victory Church did give his figure. He was asked how much you also need. Just like Pastor Ryan. And he said, two million. <laughs> I felt bad because I wasn't happy with what I have. And I envy what he has. I have a million. I can't celebrate because I have a problem in my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not satisfied with Christ, no matter how the Lord will bless you, you will never be happy. Because only in Christ, we will find our joy and our hap happiness. So my question with you right now, do you ever sit around and really wish you were married to someone else? <laughs> la, 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 la. Do you have a problem? If you're single and you struggle with this, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Do you find yourself looking at people bitterly and saying, well, why did they get that opportunity? I'm totally more qualified than they are. Do you run these things in your mind? Because if you struggle with this, you have an idol in your heart because you're not satisfied with where you are and how the Lord has promoted you. Why do we have to compare ourselves? Do you resent people that are more successful than you? Ang galing-galing mo naman, but deep in your heart, demonion to. Why can't we celebrate with people? Because you're not secured and you don't have the faith that God can promote you. And you hate that people are promoted because you feel like God has overlooked you. Your time will come. The problem is not promotion. The problem is your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever asked yourself this question? Are you obsessed about what people think about you? That you'll do anything to be accepted by them? If you have that problem, we have a big problem. Because at the end of the day, God can comply and answer all our prayers. But guaranteed, if you're not satisfied with Christ, you will never be satisfied. So at the end of the day, the root cause of this is lack of contentment. Because contentment comes from looking at God. Resentment comes from looking at others. The more you compare yourself with other people, the more that you bury yourself from that struggle and anger and pity and resentment. I've been in church for quite some time. I've been coming to Victory for 10 years and I'm singing in the music team. Lord, I just need a boyfriend. That's what I've been begging for you for. The problem is not what God would want to provide. The problem is that your heart is misplaced. Your heart is misplaced. You don't enjoy your relationship with God. 
And the worst thing that can happen to you is that your relationship with God is not intact and you're not enjoying your relationship with God and you receive all your prayer concerns and I'm telling you right now, you will have more troubles than before because at the end of the day, only in Christ, we can walk in satisfaction. How can you change your heart? Again, realize you're created for God. And you realize that more than anything else, that there is nothing in this world that can give the satisfaction you're looking for. The remedy is that our constant understanding of who God is and what He is up to in your life. Forget your friends. Forget your brother. Forget the, the people that has advanced and has, has been promoted by your boss. Forget them. You have your own story. And ladies and gentlemen, God is crafting your story and how God would want to craft your story. The more that you will appreciate that all of us are blessed by the Lord and He is just waiting for the right moment to promote you, bless you. Because remember this, all of us have a different timeline. Amen. And if you understand that God is better than money because God owns all the money and He's our Father and He promises to give us whatever we need, you'll never think twice. God is better than human love. You and I have never been loved and cherished like we were when the Son of God went to the cross to rescue us. All human companionship, all human love will let us down. Nothing can give us the safety and tenderness that only Christ can give. Remember this. Christ loves us even though He knows us. Do you understand this? People can tell you they love you not until they know who you really are. Some people are infatuated with you. But if they discover and know what you've been through, they might find another person to love. But in Christ, He knows your past, present, and future. And He's, and he's committed to love you. The Christ that we serve isn't changing and unconditional. This is why keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the promise of God that I hope you can memorize in every single day when you're bombarded with lies from the enemy that you will not be promoted, you will not advance, and you will not be blessed. I hope the Spirit of God will remind you. I will not leave you, my son. I will not forsake you. What if, Lord, I will leave you? The promise remains the same. I will not leave you. What if things doesn't go the way I want it to be? I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. What if, Lord God, I will not go to church? Will you leave me nor forsake me? The Word of God says that He is unchanging. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's the promise of God. God is better than pleasure. He is the source of all pleasures. In His presence is fullness of joy, and His right hand are pleasures forevermore. God is better than earthly power. There is no greater power you can have than to know that you belong to God and that He sovereignly directs all things for His purposes and your good. So if your breakthrough is something that you've been asking, believing God for, ladies and gentlemen, it's at hand. The beauty of this is that when we're wait, waiting for the what, we can enjoy the who. Because that is the only thing that will matter even before and after you're blessed 
by God. God is better than all popularity because He alone is the author of it. And thus, you have Him by your side. What can you ask for? I am not saying this because I am in need, Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 4. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. The secret is Christ. That when you have Christ, you're secure. That Lord, I might not get everything, but you have everything. That I don't have to be awesome. Because God is awesome. Whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Him. Who gives me strength. Through trial and testing, Paul was initiated into the wonderful secret of contentment. In spite of poverty or prosperity, it was the power of Christ that kept him alive. So with all the blessings that we will receive and experience without Christ, all of this will be in vain. Contentment is not having good things, but possessing a good heart. That when your heart is not right and you have everything, nothing will be right. Just like A.W. Tozer says, the man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. So the way to contentment is to ponder every day, say every day, that God is superior, that God is on top, that God is in control. And you will be surprised that the power of covetousness will break into pieces because instead of trusting what you want for yourself, you can trust God because He knows what He is up to. The best example of this is Jesus Himself. When He was tempted in the desert, He fasted for 40 days with nothing to eat. I don't know if I can survive. When Satan came and tempted Him saying, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus quoted a verse from the story of the manna saying, Man does not live on bread alone, but by the words that come from the mouth of God. That is from Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Now my question with you, what gives him the audacity to challenge the enemy? That if you can provide, and I know he has the capacity, but I will choose to trust God. What gives him the faith and the boldness that I will trust God more than anything else? Because Matthew 4 is a byproduct of the chapter before Matthew 4. And that is Matthew before, before 4 is? Good. Glad you, you're, you're, you're in sync with me. Matthew 3. Let me show you the passage before Matthew 4. It says right here, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son with whom I am well pleased. In this passage, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you read the rest of the verses, the Spirit alighted on Christ and affirmed Him with His voice. He was affirmed, fully satisfied in His relationship with the Father, that before he went into the wilderness, he is filled by God. 
and his affirmation that when he was asked to go and led by the Spirit, he can withstand whatever invitations because he is fully satisfied with his relationship with the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we crave for more and we covet certain things that we, we don't have because first and foremost, our problem is not the need for material possessions. Our problem has a lot to do with our relationship with God. The reason why Jesus was able to say no, that the Father can provide, because first and foremost, a chapter before chapter 4 says, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Son the Father has a relationship that when the Son is challenged, He can just say no, because He is satisfied with His relationship with God. This is what Christ did in the book of Colossians, that He set His mind on the things that the Father has to say. Things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because at the end of the day, when we put our focus on the things that we need, there is always a need. Ladies and gentlemen, there is always a never-ending need. Some of us, I have nothing against trying to, to indulge yourself in all the external uh, surgical procedure to look good. You have the money? Be my guest. But I'm telling you one thing. One surgical procedure leads to another surgical procedure. Why? That is exactly my point. That there is a never-ending pursuit of what you need and what you want if you're not satisfied in who God is and what He is up to for you and me. You can try all the procedures and you have probably the next 30 years. Na kailangan banatin lahat. Diba? And it's your call. I'm not against you. Do you understand? But the question is, are you really satisfied with the beauty and the image that God has blessed you with? Na sobrang banat, pag umiti ka, gumagalaw yung kamay mo. Hi. Why? Because you're not contented with how the Lord has blessed you with that figure. And I hope today, we're contented with what we have we're satisfied with the Lord, with what the Lord has blessed us with because our relationship with God is intact. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want. It is the realization of how much you already have in Christ. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to unravel the idols that has been the very reason why we can't pursue you, we can't worship you, we can't serve you. And today I pray for every person in this room. Can we all raise our hands all across the room? Lord, I pray that more than what we want and what we need, I want you for the next 30 seconds to tell Christ, to tell Jesus, I want 
to come to a place where I'm fully satisfied. So if you're here, I struggle with, with the same dilemma. I love a lot of things. I love beautiful things. I love gadgets. I love to buy things. But you know what I'm talking about after two weeks. In fact, a lot of us here, we have things at home that if we check our closets, we know that there are things inside that has been unused for years. Because you love to covet. But today, Lord, we repent that we've been an idolater. We have worshipped, Lord God, the God of covetousness. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question. Have you entertained other gods? Does your life demonstrate trust in God by giving Him what He asks? Do you trust God? Have you always been content in life, satisfied with God? And the place, wherever you are, He has given you and what He has blessed you with. Now it is my prayer and my desire that all of us in this room will be blessed by God. But that's not what we exist for. We exist because we have a relationship with God. And all of these things will be added unto us if we seek God first. So today, each and every person, I pray that you work in their hearts, that they will long and seek your face, O oh God, more than anything else. You can put down your hands. And I want to take this moment right now. If you are a person wherein you're saying, Pastor, I realize tonight that I've been migrating to a lot of things. Marami akong gustong gawin sa buhay. But you know that this message has, has created a dent in your heart. And you know that more than what you want and what you need, you need God in your life. Because there is nothing in this world that can give you the satisfaction that you've been looking for. So if you are that person and you want to invite Christ and you're saying, only in Christ I can find meaning and purpose. Nothing else. So if you want that, I want to invite you into a simple prayer where you can start all over again. May bago kang panimula na kung saan may bibigay mong ang iyong buhay sa Panginoon. So if you want that, you want God more than anything else, I want to invite you into a simple prayer with the help of our leaders. Just pray this prayer after me. Say this after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, you alone my satisfaction. Today, I want to follow you and I want to know you. Thank you for dying on the cross.